1: Welcome back to the show, the Friday edition of the Bruce Woolley Show, December 29th, 2023. I'm Jack Windsor, joined in studio by Bob Clegg, and now joined on the phone line by Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Secretary LaRose, thank you for being with us this morning. How are you today, sir?
2: Well, mixed, uh, you know, really excited about the Browns win yesterday, really uh, disappointed in the governor's decision today. and. Looking forward to a good 2024. So a lot, a lot to talk about.
1: Well, the, I'm going to, you know, the, ripped from the headlines. Ohio Secretary of State denounces new assault on the integrity of our voting process. I want to talk about that, but I would be uh, yeah. remiss if I didn't sit down in this discussion for just a minute. Uh, Governor DeWine's logic was off to me. <laughs> he essentially said, mm-hmm. you know, government shouldn't be involved, but this, he's, this is the same guy who is pro-life. This is the same guy who said, you know, we know better during COVID, and we're going to tell you who can stay open, who can't, and uh, when you can go to the bar and when yeah. you get, need to go. How do you reconcile that? And then what do you think is next, uh, Mr. Secretary? Do you think this gets uh, a veto override in the General Assembly?
2: Well, uh, first on, on the governor's decision making, I'm not in his mind. I I, I think he's a, a good man with a good heart who um, occasionally – can make a a wrong decision. And today was a a great example of that. He made the wrong decision here. Uh, I think that what should happen next is that the state legislature should override this decision. Uh, To me, this is a question of fundamental fairness. It's a question of women's rights, quite honestly. My three daughters and really hundreds of thousands of other Ohio women should have the opportunity to compete in women's sports against other women, which is the only safe and fair way to, to do that. Now, my three daughters could probably kick the boys' butts, but they shouldn't have to, right? <laughs> and um, Same. certainly, when it, when, yeah, when it comes to something like subjecting a child to a permanent, life-altering medical procedure, uh, that's unconscionable. To me, that's child abuse uh we don't allow minor children to get a tattoo <laughs> uh we, we, you know we're 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 epically bad decision makers when we're in our teenage years i think we could all tell stories of our own teenage years when we made bad decisions uh thankfully none of them were life altering in in this way and and so this is something that is why we it's one of the reasons why government exists is to protect the innocent uh to protect fairness and this is a great example of that yeah the legislature should override this veto and uh, we should stand up for protecting children and protecting women uh, in fair competition.
1: And I think the thing that we need to keep our eye on and a pulse on is, you know, these school-based health services now are rolling out all over the state. And in our home area, Shelby, uh, which is in Richland County, uh, I think it's Nationwide Children's Hospital is, is erecting a facility there or or using space for a facility. And look, I know it sounds conspiratorial, but when you have schools being told that uh, they don't have to out kids to a parent. And now you have you know the protection from keeping kids off drugs uh, r- r- really not there. Uh, there's a lot of concern around the state, Mr. Secretary, from parents who go, well, if there's a, f- a fundamental activist in the school uh, who-, who really wants to brainwash a kid that might be a little codependent who says, yeah, if the teacher says jump, I say how high. Uh, so I hope we keep a pulse on it. And uh, I don't know if you want to weigh in on that at all, but
2: – Listen, I'm compassionate for a young Ohioan who is dealing with this kind of crisis. They need counseling. They need support. Uh We're loving and compassionate people. But what they don't need to do is to be hustled off to some clinic where they're going to be put under the knife and make a decision that will change the course of their entire existence. And uh, And, of course, we believe in mental health support for children, uh, we believe in making sure that they get the, the care and, and the and the, the compassion that they need. Uh, but, uh, subjecting a child to a gender transition at 14, 15, 16 years old is utter madness. It, it, it actually, to me, uh, calls into question, uh, the, the, uh, professional ethics of the doctor, uh, yeah. who would even perform that. They may, in my opinion, be operating, uh, in contradiction to the, the Hippocratic oath that doctors take. I, I just think it's, it's the height of, uh, of an unethical practice to, to do that to a child. And uh, again, th- this, this is common sense. This is a bill that needs to be uh, passed and the legislature should override the governor's veto.
1: Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Uh, one other quick question. What do you think about Trump being removed from the primary ballot in Maine?
2: <laughs> you know, the, the the left is desperate to do anything that they can do. They are dredging up a Civil War era constitutional amendment that was put in place to keep Confederate officers out of Congress. And they're using this twisted pretzel logic to try to use that as justification for keeping President Trump off the ballot. They tried this in Ohio. I sent them a pretty terse response, as you can imagine. And I said, not over my dead body. In Ohio, the voters get to decide. These same sort of do-gooder uh liberals out there that that are that are uh trying to block Trump from the ballot claim to be pro democracy and pro voters rights well let the people decide i know that the people want and i know this in ohio they want to put donald trump back in the white house and they should have the power and the freedom to do that Using these complex legal maneuvers to try to block him from the ballot is—it's—it's—it's really—it's unethical, candidly, and and it's embarrassing for these states. They're going to be overruled, I believe, by the U.S. Supreme Court, and that should happen as quickly as possible.
1: I think you're right. Uh, just, just a few minutes here. I think the other thing Ohioans want is fairness, and uh, you know, it's—it's it's really not fair when <laughs> activist Wordsmith and Call proposed constitutional amendments uh, secure and fair elections when. Uh, nothing of the of the sort would be the result. Uh, and you took a pretty hardline stance against this proposed amendment. What can you tell our listeners about it?
2: So this is one where I feel like chicken little. I've been saying that this is coming for a long time. I've been telling people that this is something we need to look out for. This is one of my real uh, motivators for why I was such a, a fan of raising the threshold for passing constitutional amendments, uh, that it would have helped prevent fringe ideas like this. This happened a few years ago in Michigan. They called it the Voters' Bill of Rights. They're trying it now in Ohio. The same cast of -of out-of-state liberal special interests that brought issue one – to the ballot in November are trying this. And what it would do is fundamentally undermine all of the election security protections that we put in place. Ohio has made great strides. We're now really the example in the in the country. There's a reason I was the only Secretary of State in America to get President Trump's endorsement last year is because we have photo ID. We take dead people off the voter rolls. We don't mail out ballots to people that don't request them. Uh, we, we, we do these things like preventing non-citizens from voting that are common sense things. This amendment. If it makes the ballot and if it passes would undermine all of that and take away the trust that Ohioans have in their elections and, as you mentioned, when the Democrats call something by a name it probably does the opposite. The Inflation Reduction Act doesn't (laughs) reduce inflation. in fact, It does the opposite. And this thing that they're calling fair and secure elections really is the opposite of that. I think Ohioans will know better. We should reject this. My hope is it never makes the ballot because it can't get enough signatures but if it does, Ohioans should resound
1: My understanding is that um, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost yesterday uh, slammed the brakes on it, and so they have to kind of go back and reword it. But this would allow automatic voter registration, unchecked same-day voter registration and voting, a signed declaration of identity to replace a voter's photo photo identification, multiple unregulated drop boxes in early voting locations throughout uh, a county – An extended post-election ballot return period, unregulated expansion of early voting hours by county, state-funded prepaid return postage for all absentee ballot applications and absentee ballots, and a ban on the removal of inactive voter registration records. Basically, dead people can vote. Um, My concern always – and we've got about 40 seconds here, Mr. Secretary – is that the press doesn't carry the water of truth. They carry the water of activists. And and I really am concerned that the press is going to, uh, you know, tub thump this and say, hey, this is about uh, making it easy for people to vote and not disenfranchising them. Um, do you have more hope than
2: I do? Um, I, I do. I think Ohioans are smarter than that. Uh, the press is completely in the bag on the far left. Look at all the nonsense attacks they've launched at me recently. Uh, Ohioans know that we can have elections that are both honest and convenient. We like convenience, but we also want our elections to be trustworthy. That's what we have in Ohio. We make it easy to vote and hard to cheat, and this is why this is a terrible idea, and Ohioans should reject it. And I've been warning about this for a long time to come, and here it is.
1: Yeah, yes, you have, and uh, thank you for doing so. And thank you for spending time with us this morning, Mr. Secretary. You have a blessed weekend and a great beginning to 2024.
2: Happy 2024. Thanks, Jack.
1: You bet. And thank you for listening. Uh, Back, uh, Bob Clegg and I in studio, and we got more on the other side of the break. Congratulations if you just got engaged, and uh, maybe you think that you will uh, heading into the New Year. New Year's Eve is another big day, Christmas, New Year's Eve. And uh, you're going to be looking for a venue. Check out TheLegacyOnPossumRun.com. That's TheLegacyOnPossumRun.com. When you go there, you'll see why Ohioans from Cleveland to Columbus to Cincinnati are raving. Three beautifully unique spaces are there for you to look at. You can check the calendar to see if your special date is available. Heck, you might like it so much, you'll plan around what's available. Pricing is there. It's simple. There's no trickery. And uh, you can book a tour. You can sign up for the next open house. Uh, but you'll want to check it out. And if you know someone getting married, make sure you share the legacy on possumrun.com. Your legacy begins here. Um, got a question from Richard listener. He said, DeWine during the press conference said he was not well informed on these matters. He was still learning, but was he playing coy? He said he was visiting hospitals, speaking with doctors and others in the know, but do you believe him? Um, I don't know, Bob, do you believe him?
3: Yeah, I I think he really did go out there and visit hospitals and talk to doctors and administrators, and they filled him in on how much money they make off all these uh, uh, treatments for adolescents that want to change their gender. It's a money-making scheme for these places.
1: Uh, 100%. And um, I will will high-five, praise, and invite into the studio – Uh, The first publication that's not the Ohio Press Network, who actually shines a light on the fact that drug companies, the medical industrial complex are behind the push and the social contagion, which is creating gender confusion, not necessarily gender dysphoria, but that gender confusion is the state during which these doctors can start prescribing meds. I wouldn't hold my breath on that happening. No, you don't think At so? All. No, no, I think I, I passed out pretty quickly.
3: You, you know what I found was amazing is one of these uh, individuals that testified uh, before the legislature, when the bill was going through the process, was a mother who said she was the mother of not one, but two transgendered children. And I'm thinking, you know, the scientific probability of a woman having not one, but two transgendered Children is like one in ten trillion. Yep. You know. So what is it? Is it the is it the science or is it the, you know, is it the way we're bringing up our kids and the kind kind of parents that are involved in these things? I mean, it got me thinking. You know,
1: what's cause
3: and effect here?
1: So you know, it's really interesting. And and by the way. Uh, I'm sure that this will, this will uh, get us tagged in the FBI system, but we have to talk to our kids about this. Whitney and I have you know 13, 11, and 11, and this is forefront now because they're, they're talking about it in schools. And what I mean it, they're talking about gender identity and all these crazy things. And so we have honest, open dialogue. That's, that's how we roll in our house. And uh, one of our 11-year-olds, 11, 11 she, she pegged it. She said, you know, some of this is uh, they just want attention. Yeah. And I believe that's right, and yeah. that's part of social contagion. This is the trendy thing yeah. if you if you can't if you can't get attention, then well look i'm I'm this, I identify as that, I identify as this um and and look, I think that's a normal part of of being a kid, by the way, you know i I think we all went through that phase where we are like, am I a werewolf? am I Dracula? am I <laughs> you know, but we didn't we didn't put our kids out in the in the in the woods and make them forage for food and look for a pack. Uh, that would have been abuse, but yet we we want to allow them to you know go on drugs and, and maybe start the process. Uh, you you believe what I believe, which is that. Uh, by the way, this is really inside baseball, so let me make it really simple. The General Assembly now gets to decide. That's the state Senate and the state house if they're going to take this bill back up. Yep. And Mike Dewine has said, "I want you to consider three things. No surgery can ever be performed for, on someone under eighteen years old for these you know treatments." Uh, there's not comprehensive data. So I, I, need to, I need you to create rules and regulations so that we can collect this data report it every six months. And we can't do these inadequate or illegal treatments. So no, you know, fly by night operations and clinics popping up everywhere. Um, it, what the hell's all that mean? I, I
3: wouldn't have a clue, uh, but you know what? They could come up with a bill. That would do all those things that the governor just outlined. Mm-hmm. And the people that are against House Bill 68 would also be against that. So it really doesn't matter,
1: you know, what you come up with. That was my point. If you outlaw these surgeries, you're you're cutting off a significant revenue stream. Yeah. This is a $5 billion industry in 2023. Uh, is is the is and
3: the it's projection. growing
1: and it's growing massive and that's that's the key to this. These institutions
3: want things that are growing in in revenue because right. they
2: need
1: more money. And you know that that to me is <clears throat> now. Let me tell you the other nasty rumor is that um, Governor Dewine is angry because lawmakers. Uh, Overrode his veto on the flavored tobacco ban, and, and I want you to think about how delusional, <laughs> if that's true, that looks. He's concerned that kids will get addicted to flavored tobacco, but has no worry uh, the irreparable damage that cross-sex hormones and stopping the natural and needed process of puberty yeah. will have. Is this a, is this an ego thing? I, I who knows? Who knows? It makes.
3: No sense whatsoever. No consistency in in
1: any of what he's coming up with. None. So the question is, will the General Assembly take this up? You believe, as I believe, and I, and I want to get back to this point. I, I lost track of it. Imagine me being a little ADD <laughs> hopped up on caffeine here. Um, the, the state senator, the Senate president, Matt Huffman, turns out. Yeah. And a lot of people think he's going to be running for House and will be the next speaker. Speaker. Yeah, he is running for the House. I
3: think he filed. Did he file? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's running for the House uh, up in the Lima area. And uh, yes, he definitely wants to uh, become the next speaker as he's walking in the door of the House. He's currently the Senate president. Um, They um, he has a slate of candidates around the state that he's backing in House races. Um, Jason Stevens, the current speaker, has a slate of candidates that he's backing uh, him for speaker. So, yeah, there is a battle. That means the state Senate will definitely take this veto override up and will override the governor's veto. Big question is going to be what is Jason Stevens going to do in the House? He knows that Alison Russo, the Democrat leader, is against this yep. and doesn't want an override vote. And he's got to weigh, you know, Keeping her happy and keeping himself in in the speakership now versus you know become continuing on as speaker beyond this because if he doesn't bring this up for an override vote in the house, um, I believe it's going to doom him as as speaker. I mean, instead of it, you know, he's by the end of the year when he when his term is over, his speakership's going to end too. So
1: yeah, the other thing that would be interesting to take a look at. We've got about thirty seconds here. Is is where does the money that jason stevens uh backed candidates come from and my guess is it's the medical industrial complex and its unions yep that's probably you're right which which should should sound alarm bells in your head because both of those uh both of those uh, benefactors expect a return on investment hey uh, bob clegg tell us the name of your firm again midwest communications and media midwest communications and media and uh, he is now a friend of the show. He's been in studio two days in a row. He's probably going to end up in this chair. <laughs> you, you guys like no, him. No, Jack, you, you do too good of a job. I don't know about that. Hey, Bruce Lee, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Bob Clegg, thanks for being here, brother. And uh, we My appreciate pleasure. your analysis.